Hello, my friends, and thanks so much for being here for another episode of the Carolina Ultra Runners Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lloyd. Now, I'm going to start by telling you that you will definitely want to listen to this podcast until the very end, because we're giving away an Ultra Sign Up gift card. Yes, this is not a scam. This is not a joke. Just make sure you listen till the end. Um, now that that bit of housekeeping is out of the way, I want to tell you, um, I used to be a TV news anchor and reporter in a previous life of mine. And in the world of journalism, you've always got managers saying, you got to get the story first. You got to make sure you are the one that's breaking the news. You got to get the scoop. You know what I mean? Today's interview is the farthest thing away from a scoop ever. My guest today has been on like 10,000 other podcasts. She's done all kinds of media appearances, and she was even featured on Good Morning America's website. Uh, despite all that, I still had to get her on the show for her 10,001st podcast appearance because she's from the Carolinas. Charlotte Courier, Carrier, we were going over her pronunciation just a second ago before we started recording. Let me see if I can get this right, Charlotte. Charlotte Courier, Courier. Yes. Does that yes. sound all right? That's good. That's good. <laughs> okay, Charlotte is from Wilmington, North Carolina. She's the marathon costume chick. You know her. You've seen her at all kinds of races throughout the Carolinas at some point, wearing some sort of costume for the entirety of the race. Now, the name marathon costume chick is a bit deceiving because she's not just doing 26.2 in costumes. She goes way farther than that. We're talking 100 plus miles in outfits like uh, just a few examples here, a pineapple, a horse, and even Dolly Parton fake... Uh, chest accessories shall we say and all it is an absolute honor to have one of the most notable names in carolina ultra running on the carolina ultra runners podcast charlotte thanks so much for joining me oh patrick oh my gosh <laughs> considering the guests that you've already had and other people out there that's a big honor to say that so thank you so much ah you're a legend in the area you're a legend in the sport really nationwide i think people all over know you because you go all over the country to do these races just like you were just a few days ago over in vegas so people know you all over charlotte i, I literally just realized this a few days ago i have actually seen you out at a race before and i didn't even realize this so we're recording this the thursday before farm days and mm -hmm. last year at Farm Days, I was out there crewing my friend Brandon Johnston. And I was just like, for memory's sake, I was like, oh, it's Farm Days race week. Let me go look back at some of the photos and videos from last year. And I'm looking through a video that I recorded of him at like right before hour 24 hit. And he's running through the trail. And then I see this woman in a horse costume <laughs> running right alongside him. And I'm like, wait a second, that's Charlotte. I've seen her out there. That's right. Yeah. So I love farm days and I've, I've got a funny story to tell you about. It's coming up this weekend, like you said. So I'm actually having to split this weekend between two races. Um, but I'll tell you this farm day story first. So love farm days. And that was probably my, that was my first big ultra that I ran. Um, and it's hard to come up with costume ideas. Farm is perfect because you got animals, you got all kinds of animals. Mm -hmm. So the first year I dressed up as a little farm girl. The second year, I think I did a cow, but then they had the peacock on the t-shirt. So, you know, I, I, 
I always kind of call Victor now to say, okay, what animal is going to be on the t-shirt this year? So I get a little scoop in on what the t-shirt is going to look like. So this year's a little, um, I've got the scoop in on it. it, it it's a pretty awesome t-shirt. So uh, I kind of had to struggle to get the costume together for it, but I think I, I think I pulled it off pretty good. We'll see. <laughs> So you sound like you're kind of teasing it, but we are, like I say, we're recording this before Farm Days, but it'll be released after Farm Days. So you can go ahead and spill the tea. What What's the costume? So this one, the animal that he has is more like a, you know, the desert, like bones and skulls and skeletons. Mm -hmm. It looks like that. So I had to come up with this skeletal mask, almost like a goat skeleton and paint it to match the shirt. Uh, but after seeing the shirt design, I'm like so excited to see the shirt. And then my um, outfit is going to be one of those like, um, not a onesie, but you know, the body suits, that's the bones where it's just the black with the bones. So this is going to be fun because, you know, farm days you go through the night. And so there's going to be people out there that see the skull skeleton with a skull head coming by in the middle of the night. Hilarious. I love that. <laughs> and I loved your your costume last year as well, the horse. It was um it was hilarious because I remember seeing you before the race started and I was like, This woman is really out here in a horse costume. Holy crap. I didn't know anything <laughs> about you at the time. And I was like, Oh, she's probably doing the six hours. She'll be out there for like two or three miles and she'll just hang out with friends the rest of the day. And like I said, I see you the next morning still going <laughs> out there. I'm like, Whoa, she's legit. Now, to be honest, last year I had a bad year at farm days because normally I usually hit between 100K and 80 miles. But I had some really, I had pulled my back earlier that week. And then plus the horse head was, I mean, it was pretty heavy. So I ended up going to bed kind of early. And actually, it's the first time I ever slept during the night at farm days. So I felt kind of bad that I didn't get quite the miles that I normally do. But once the sun was right before the sun came up, um, you know, re-energized, I'd rested up. So I was able to get some more miles in. And I'm kind of notorious for my last minute fast miles. Um, so I was ready to bring it home on that one. Well, you still got the ultra distance. I believe I checked and it was like 36 yes. miles. So that's yes. still yep. something still like that. That's still awesome in uh, <laughs> in a costume like that. Thank you. <laughs> So let's kind of back up here and hear about um, how you got involved in the sport. How did you start running in the first place? You know, it's that typical story of, I can't say midlife crisis, but middle age. You look at I looked at the picture of myself. I'm like, oh, I'm not happy with that. So I kind of started exercising and lost some weight, but did it through like the old VHS Billy blanks, Tabo. And so I was on vacation one time and I'm like, I don't have those tapes to do. So I just kind of went out and just started kind of walking. And then I'm like, well, maybe I'll start running. And I never thought I could be a runner. I'd broken my foot earlier and I figured that was going to be a problem. But, you know, at that point, you know, I was living here in Wilmington and Wrightsville Beach area. There's a great uh, running community here. So just started running um, for exercise. And as soon as you start running and tell people you run, they're like, oh, well, let's go do this 5K or you need to go do the battleship this or the, you know, the ocean, all that. So, um, you know, once you put yourself out there as a runner, you're going to get pulled into all the races. And so, you know, in how it goes, 5K, 10K, half, and they're, you know, now 100 miles. And then where did the costumes come into play? So that started... 
my fourth marathon, which was Shamrock Marathon, Virginia Beach, 2007. Um, you know, Shamrock sounds fun. And my friend that I was running with said, hey, let's, you know, get green shirts. So I was like, okay, let's get green shirts. Then we went to Party City and got these cute little uh, leprechaun hats. And then my mom, who, you know, eventually I'll tell you that she makes a lot of my costumes. Uh, she made these skirts that were so cute that had, you know, shamrocks on it and had like made even little pockets for our goos and our gels. And so it just made the race so much more fun. You know, we're going, you know, going through the, the, motions of running and people were cheering, waiting there, cheering for their, you know, waiting, there, standing there waiting to cheer for their person. But we come by in these little outfits and people just got so excited. Oh, go, go leprechaun girls. And just, it was a good distraction. So I'm like, well, that was kind of fun. So let's just kind of do what we can with costumes. So that's where Marathon Costume Chick started. So have you been running every single race since then in a costume? Yes. Um, there was only one race since then that I didn't run in costume only because I was driving to one race or I was actually riding with a friend and my friend said, Hey, by the way, can we leave a little bit early? I want to stop by and do this other race on Saturday morning on the way to Pennsylvania to do our race on Sunday morning. I'm like, yeah, sure. And of course you can't go to a race with other runners and not sign up for the race. So I didn't have a costume. I was totally unprepared. I was just going to go volunteer. Uh, so yeah, that was the only time I haven't ever worn a costume since I started that one. Wow. That is incredible dedication to wear a costume for every single race other than that one throughout this entire year. You've been doing this for a long time now. What made you want to keep going with the costumes after that first race? Like I said, it was just, you know, it made the race so so much more fun. It was a good distraction. And then it became a challenge of, okay, coming up with a theme for the costume based on the race, the season, the location, it, it became a challenge. And so, you know, it just, I really enjoyed it. And it just took my mind off the miles that I was running. What um, are some of the challenges that you experience wearing costumes at some of these races? I imagine chafing has got to come up at some point, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it does. Um, I've got a lot of salty britches and uh, KT tape. I'll put out my push for those. You know, I really don't try out the costumes like I should, um, you know, because even if you just like put on a costume and maybe just run around the block or something, it, it's not going to, you're not going to demonstrate what it's really going to happen after a long mile. So I just... I just kind of commit to it. And I'm like, if it starts chafing or, you know, rubbing wrong or something, I just kind of try to deal with it. You know, there's, it's been very few situations that I've actually taken apart or, or, you know, done something to the costume. Sometimes I'll modify it. I'll always carry safety pins because if something's rubbing, I can like safety pin it up. Um, but it's been very rare that I actually, um, take off part of a costume or modify my costume in a big way. Cause I, you know, one of my sayings is head to toe, start to finish. I always show up and I'm at the start line. People look at me like, are you going to run the whole race in that? Oh yes, I am. <laughs> and I know when I finish, people are going to ask, did you run the whole race? Did you carry that the whole race? Yes, I did. It's so impressive. It really is. <laughs> now you mentioned it's rare for you to make some changes to the costumes. That means in some cases, rare cases, it has. What are some of those cases? 
So one of the ones, and I was so, this this kind of upset me. I was very concerned about this. I ran a race of the ship, Shiprock Marathon out in New Mexico, and it was on a Navajo base. And I was trying to come up with a theme, of course, but I didn't want to do anything like Native American related because, you know, that could, didn't want to, you know, offend anybody. Well, so I came up with, actually, I was running a race in Arizona and so Coca, saw a Cocopelli statue. I'm like, Cocopelli, that's a great example of something to do that's, you know, not really pulling, you know, too much from the heritage to where it could be considered offensive. Wrote some people even asked, you know, is this, do you think this is okay? Because I was using feathers because Cocopelli has, you know, on the crown, the spiked kind of um, crown-ish looking thing. And, and I ordered turkey, ornamental turkey feathers. And so even when I got there, I asked some people about, you know, is is this okay? Is this, you know, is this going to, you know, hurt anybody's feelings? Is this going to, you know, offend somebody? And I mean, I went to like some, several of the high, apparently when we went to the packet pickup, you know, there's a lot of the community was there. And I went to a lot of elders, I guess you would say in their community and asked, and they're like, as long as it's ornamental feathers, you're fine as long as it's not, you know, eagle feathers. So on the way to the race, somebody says something to me and I didn't quite understand what they so said. Um, so later my friend's like, oh, he kind of joked about, not joked, he said something about the feathers. So a little while later, I ran into somebody else and said, hey, is this okay? They're all, oh yeah, as long as it's, you know, ornamental feathers, you know, it's not eagle, you're okay with it. But then, you know, just, I just, it bothered me a little too much. So I just, I mean, I took off the headpiece and, and, you know, it just, I was really concerned and that really hurt me that I, you know, I tried to do a lot of research and tried to make sure I talked to people to make sure my costume was appropriate and wasn't offensive. And, you know, I don't think a lot of people thought it was, but as long as the fact that I thought it was for a minute there, I'm like, I'll just run without the headpiece. So yeah, that's nice of you. Uh, it's interesting that that is the reason I was expecting you to say something like, oh, I just <laughs> went a little too ambitious with one and it was a little too uncomfortable, but that wasn't the case with that. Oh, no, have, you ever, no. <laughs> have you ever had that happen before where it's been too uncomfortable for you for something? Oh, I've had times, but I, I will suck it up. Um, The <laughs> only time the, that I did change, I was a lighthouse one time and I had like the plastic New Year's Eve big top hats and I had a light on the top of the top hat with a cup holding the light and it started bouncing and cutting the top of my head. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that's gotta go. Um, Cause that was, you know, that was, was pretty dangerous. <laughs> it was cutting the top of my head. But outside of that, I mean, I, I make some stupid mistakes and decisions about these costumes and I just suck it up and, and, and go with it. It's I like regret a, a lot, but I've, I've never, after I'm done, I'm like, I'm glad I stuck it out. It's a whole different level of mental toughness. Obviously, everyone knows that ultras are all about mental toughness just as much as they are about physical toughness. But having that extra element on top of it, you are just tough as nails, Charlotte. Well, and you know, it's the thing to keep my, like I said, keep my mind off of the race. My feet hurt, but oh yeah, my head hurts because this lighthouse light is bopping me in the top of the head. That hurts worse more than feet. my feet. Do you ever get tempted to run a race without a costume just to not have to deal with all of this stuff? The only reason I do is if I can't come up with a good theme, which I, I, this, it's not going to happen, but I'll, you know, I just, the only reason I just get, I struggles coming up with a costume idea. So, but no, I'm, you know, and I was planning on retiring the costumes 
after my um, 50 state, 50th state. So I'm a big Wizard of Oz fan. And my 50th state was the Land of Oz Marathon in Olathe, Kansas. And I had this grand finale because a lot of people dress up for that race. And so I had to go over the top. So I did like a costume change, did six different characters from The Wizard of Oz, including the final um, little stretch. My friend had a Toto dog. She let me walk the Toto dog up through the finish line. And that was going to be my grand finale. But every time I run a race, just like you said, I run into somebody. Oh, wait a minute. Weren't you the horse at Farm Days the other year? Weren't you this? person at that race. And so I just, you know, every time I think about doing that, uh, I, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. In fact, um, this past weekend, like you said, I ran at um, Jackpot Ultras, Jackpot Ultras in Las Vegas. And one of the guys who I think he, he was in the US ATF 100 mile national championship and sent him a message afterwards, you know, a little um, Instagram connection and just said, Oh man, you look awesome. And he came back and said, you made me smile every single time you I, I passed by. Yeah. He was passing me by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, thank you. I'm like, that's exactly why I'm doing it because either the, you know, the person who's in the lead and the last person who's struggling, if I'm put a smile on their face, that that's, that's the whole reason I do this. And you get so many smiles. I mean, like you just mentioned, like I totally I I was so delighted to see you in that costume at Farm Days last year. It was just the coolest thing I had ever seen. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's it's just amazing. It's so cool that you're able to provide that for people. Oh, thanks. <laughs> now, you mentioned that your mom makes some of your does she make all of your costumes or just some of them? She makes a good percentage. Now, my mom is amazing. Um, she's 82 years old, still works pretty much full time. Um, she's a she sews for a living. She makes those like really fancy uh, window dressings and window treatments. So a lot of times it's easy for her to make me a costume, whip something up pretty quick. But also sometimes it's just easier to get on Amazon. Uh, so kind of like hit or miss about whether whatever I ask her to make. Um, I'll try to maybe order things and like, okay, can we tear this costume apart and come up with this? I'm trying to learn to do some of the sewing on my own. I'm not very good at it. So it's a lot of hand stitching, not a sewing machine, but, uh, but she's amazing about what she can do with a costume and how she can make it come together. And, and then the best thing about what she does is she makes my little shoe covers, I call them my booties. So I always, like I said, head to toe, start to finish. Even my shoes, I have these little shoe covers over. So because a horse doesn't have tennis shoes on or running shoes, uh, you know, a, a killer whale doesn't have tennis shoes. So I always have, even if it's just a simple collar, always have those over my my running shoes. And so she, I have like a box full of the different colors of booties that she made me. <laughs> that is so cool. What? Did, how old did you say your mom was? She's 82. Wow. And still going and with this. she's crewed for me at races. She crewed for me. At Tun well, technically not Tunnel Hill. She went with me to Tunnel Hill. She kind of crewed for me at uh, Arcta, a race for the ages, uh, a couple years ago. So she loves going to my races with me. That is so awesome. I love the support, even at that age. That's so cool. <laughs> um, what goes into deciding what a costume is going to be for a particular race? Well, 
I love when it's so easy, this obvious, you know, like farm days is so easy. Um, Charleston 100, I've kind of stuck with the pineapple. I've done four or five different pineapple costumes over the years. Um, I love it when it's just so easy. It's so obvious that it stands out about what the costume is going to be. If it's not obvious, I kind of struggle. Um, sometimes I'll stretch. I'll make it more related to like one time um, actually, or a couple races, I've actually done a um, image of the, the race director. So Matt Hammersmith at uh, Upstate Ultras. I dressed up as him and found a picture of him from his uh, Eastern Michigan running days and copied that. Uh, Jason Green at Yeti Trail Runners. Uh, you know, he's got the tattoos. He's got the skateboarder look. So, you know, just, just it was one of his races. I'm like, I have no idea another thing for this. So I'm just going to dress up like Jason. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Have you ever redone a costume or is it different every single time? I have uh, reused costumes if I do a race every single year, a lot of times I'll repeat, like I said, for the, the Charleston 100, I'll do a, a pineapple two years in a row. Uh, Cause it gets expensive trying to come up yeah. with all these the different costumes. I mean, I actually started tracking my um, cost costume cost last year and yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about up there with race registrations. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll repeat a costume a lot. Um, I'll use pieces from one costume and do it at another. You know, if it's like seasonal related, like something like Christmas related, Fourth of July, I can use that at different races. Um, but out of my, let's see, as of this past weekend, 200 and... Oh gosh, I forgot. It's 269 races. I've done 207 different costumes. Wow. That is impressive. And the fact that you keep track of all of that, do you have an Excel sheet or something like that? It's actually handwritten. I probably need to have oh. everything else is on Excel, but it's handwritten. But yeah, I've got the I've got the uh 31 gallon tubs that take up my guest bedroom and the shelves and the old shoe boxes that keep all my accessories and yeah so you know and I always everybody always asks me you know do you dress up at Halloween actually usually I don't because I'm so tired of dressing up everybody calls me at Halloween it's like can I borrow this costume or we can I <laughs> use this <laughs> do you have like some sort of ultimate goal with all of this like do you want to hit a certain number of races a certain number of costumes or are you just kind of doing this until you don't feel like doing it anymore it's just been different goals along the way. You know, the first goal, of course, was the 50 states. Um, and then, you know, also had about the same time the goal of hitting 100 marathons, which actually hit a year before the 50 states. Then um, when I got into ultras, I really didn't have an ultra related goal. But um, my next big goal is for my 300th marathon. And I, I, I count my marathons and ultras combined. And so there's this thing called the World Mega Marathon List. So there is a list of all the people in the world that have done 300 marathons or more. There's a like a North America list and it's combined into the world list. So hopefully I'm planning on hitting that next um, February, actually this weekend, next February for the Wilmington Marathon, which will, is my hometown race again, run it every single year. So hopefully we'll hit that. 300 mega, mega marathon list next year this time do you know how many hundred milers you've done 28 wow that's awesome <laughs> are you trying to join the 
hundred hundreds club? You know, I've done the math on that and I probably could hit it. Um, I've got, as if, if I count out by the end of this year, I'll be a third of the way there. And I've only been running 100, what, five, maybe six years. So if you do the math, it's possible. But uh, I don't know. That's just, <laughs> we'll see. I'd love to hit that. I would absolutely love to hit that. That's a pretty unique club. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a neat company in there. Some yes, really awesome is. runners yeah. from around the country are in that club. Yes. And I know quite a few. So that's what's kind of the uh, tug to it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. You probably see them at these races all the time since you're all mm -hmm. you're everywhere all the time. Um, what are some of your favorite costumes over the years or maybe most memorable? You know, I, I used to say the birthday cake, which I ran Little Rock Marathon on my birthday a couple of years ago, well, many years ago. Um, and it was just a beautiful combination of my mom making this three-tier birthday cake, me coming up with all the decorations, the icing on the cake. I love that because it was just like the concept was really hard. Uh, I love my salmon in Alaska because same thing. It was how on earth to make a salmon costume and make it runnable. And then my sister's an artist, so she was able to paint the salmon. Uh, so it was just like a family collab that just I love that. Uh, you know, the space shuttle, it's amazing that uh, I was able to pull that off. It took us two years to come up with the idea. And actually, the first year I was planning on running Space Coast Marathon, we just couldn't pull it together in time. So I had to put that off for a year till we got it perfected. And, you know, I've, I haven't talked about it as much, but um, my strolling gym from last year was, again, it was many years in the making. Um, Strolling Gym is actually named after a Tennessee walking horse, which my family has a history of having Tennessee walking horses and going to that area of Tennessee where the race is held. And um, so the original plan was to go do this race and ha had this amazing costume design and my dad was going to go with me. And unfortunately, it got canceled for covid the next year, his health wasn't good, and so we kept on postponing the race. Eventually, he unfortunately passed away, but I was able to go back and do the race in his memory and had a, a sister sister weekend going back and visiting those old, you know, the family the family places that we used to go to in that area, walk, you know, going to the walking horse shows and, you know, spending a little sister time and having a, a good time thinking about my dad. That is so cool. That's that's so awesome that you were able to so that one's That day. one's tugged at my heartstrings. Yeah, definitely. You have just been able to make so many memories with all of these. Like you're going to look back at the end of your life and you're just going to be like, I lived a life really freaking well with all of these costumes. All these I already think that I'm very fortunate to be to be healthy and to be able to run a lot of these consecutive races. And, you know, everybody always asks me, like literally I ran jackpot this past weekend, 100 miles. And I've got two races this, this coming weekend. I've got farm days and the Wilmington Marathon. So I'm just very fortunate that my body has is being cooperative that allows me to do this. What do you think the secret to that is? You know, I think it's just you just push yourself a little bit more each time. You know, when I first started doing marathons, it was two a year, five a year, eight a year. So you just keep on adding them on. And then, you know, when I was doing the 50 states, it you know, it's not, it's a very, um, 
I'll say frugal way is to do what they call doubles and triples. So you go and fly to some area and do two states in two days or three states in three days. So you, again, you're just pushing your body just a little bit more. And then, of course, when you enter the ultra world, that's, you know, it's the unknown of what can my body do and what can I handle? Granted, I've had aches and pains. I've had some, you know, problems here and there, but I've been very fortunate that I haven't had a lot of injuries that have really kept me from running. And I think the other thing is just that I've kept a streak of, I keep the races so close together. I really won't have to train in between. I kind of feel fortunate. Um, I just keep using my races for training. And, um, you know, again, it's just, just adding a little bit, pushing your body a little bit further each time. Last year, no, actually, it was almost, well, two years ago now, I did three 100 milers in 16 days. Wow. I wasn't planning on that, but the races I had on my calendar kind of shifted. And it was just, I was able to like slowly focus on each race. Luckily, the, the second and the third race had a little bit longer time distance each time. So I wasn't really stressed about the time limit, but you know, it's just, again, just pushing your body just a little bit further each time. So and how plus did, the fact that I'm so slow, you know, I'm not really pushing my body that much. Just the fact that you're going at all though, doing this kind of distance. I mean, like, even if you, even if you finish a hundred miles in 31 hours, that's still just, I mean, that's way faster than most people would. I mean, most people will do a hundred miles in a month, you know, like the, <laughs> that's their hundred miler. That's so impressive. You, you're like all over the place all the time. Um, well, first of all, what do you do for a living? I work for a company called Health Advocate, and it's actually um, kind of somewhat related to my passion. It's about we do healthcare advocacy and basically partner with employers, offer this to their employees. So we partner with them to kind of help them navigate healthcare system. We have, you know, wellness programs. We have employee assistance programs. So it's all about, you know, a passion about helping people and helping people live healthy lives. Um, so, I, you know, that's one of my passions is just, you know, making sure that, you know, employer, I've always been in employee benefits and I've always kind of focused on or gravitated to something related to wellness and, you know, having healthy lives. So I see your ultra sign up here and it's just race after race, after race, after race. <laughs> Do you get like, what is your PTO policy for your job? Well, um, my previous job, it was really nice because I had been there 16 years. Uh, with my current job, it's, you know, it's flexible because I can travel um, and work. I work remotely, so I can kind of combine the travel. So, for example, what I did when I went to Jackpot, I flew out Wednesday night. And then me and my running buddy, we actually both worked from our, the hotel room on Thursday all day long. Um, and then coming back, I was actually going out. I actually saved a bunch of reports and was able to work from the plane. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate that I have a job like that, that I can work remotely. We can travel and I'll try to travel like in the evenings. And then if I... Like most races, you want to get there on, you know, Friday before the race. Uh, so I'll try to travel on Thursday night where I can get there Friday and then work from wherever <laughs> until I can. Uh, but yeah, it's I'm very fortunate that I have a job that gives me that kind of flexibility. Yeah, definitely. I, th I feel like it'd be hard to pull off what you're able to pull off without, a, you know, a remote job. That's definitely a, <laughs> a big plus for you, for yeah. sure. You have 
some beef with the Guinness Book of World Records. What is the beef, Charlotte? Oh, this is so funny. This just happened this way. And it's not, you know, bottom line is if I was really upset about it, I would I would figure it out. But, you know, when I first started running, one of the things that I said was I've never met so many people with Guinness Book of World Records until I started running. You know, I literally, I mean, I knew like the person, the one of my oldest and dearest family friends who kind of was really encouraging me when I started running. She was the oldest person to run a marathon on every continent. Um, and I think she did it at age 80 something. Wow. Um, so that kind of like, oh, wow. Then you meet, you know, then I've got the, you know, the youngest person to run all 50 states, the person to run all 50 states barefoot. I've got the, you know, the, the, you know, back when I started running, the races weren't as you know, there weren't as many races as there are now. So you would actually have to struggle and find and coordinate, you know, getting all 50 states done. You know, so a lot of my friends have, you know, records about 50 states in the shortest amount of time to do that. Now it's like, you can do it in like three weeks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I never met so many people with Guinness Book World Records. And of course, they're, they're widely known for mostly with the London Marathon. A lot of people dress up for London and Guinness, you know, of course, sets up shop there and you, you know, apply to compete for whatever record. And I've kind of jokingly across the years, just like, you know, give me one of those Guinness records. Well, I think the first time I applied was the most marathons running costume. And they, you know, it costs you like five, six bucks each time to apply just the general path. They have this expedited path or fast track that, you know, you pay $1,500 and makes it easier, but I'm not doing that. $1,500. Uh, so, Jeez. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. If they want, if you want them to fast track your record. Oh yeah. It's like $1,500 from what I hear. Um, but yeah. So I like applied for, you know, most marathons running costume when I'd hit 50 different costumes. They're like, they sent you this very pleasant. Well, we appreciate, you know, and, and appreciate your attempt, but, and like, okay. So, you know, like 10 years ago, I applied for a record. Yeah, I got the big denial. And then a couple of years later, I applied for another one. And then I think I went for, I think I actually went for the uh, fastest marathon because everything's fastest marathon dressed as a blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So I actually applied for the fastest marathon dressed as a cast of Wizard of Oz because like I said, I did six different costumes. And then they're like, well, you know, we're looking for extraordinary feats. And... You know, we have no way to time how long you spent in each costume. So, yeah, thanks. No, thanks. And then I had, um, was on another podcast recently and they asked about that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go apply. So I applied for fastest marathon or excuse me, because I'm like, OK, I, you know, I can come up with the fastest marathon dressed as something random because I'm probably the only person who's dressed up as whatever as, as a race. But I'm like, OK, I'm going to go for the 100 miles because ultra is my thing now. So I applied for. Fastest 100 miler dressed as Dolly, which I did um, this past year at Yeti 100. And then they go to tell me that they're denying it because marathons and half marathons are synonymous with running in costume and they really don't look at shorter or longer distances. And so I just kind of threw my hands up, like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with you guys. So ridiculous. I know. And the funny thing is, is like, it's, if it really bothered me, I would spend the time and look up, you know, 
look at all the records and come up with something. I probably couldn't beat a record out there, but I could come up with a record that wasn't standing and set the record. You know, it's like kind of like the FKT. I'm going to go find like some trail that nobody really knows about. I'm going to say, oh, I got that FKT. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's no big deal. It's kind of a joke, especially that, you know, when I hear some other people still stories about, you know, we tried to apply and they denied it because of whatever reason. And, you know, so it's kind of a joke with me, but every now and then I get a little, little hurt on <laughs> try to apply again. Well, you would think out of all the stuff you've done in costume, <laughs> there would be at least one world record in there. Like, come on. The fact that they're not being flexible about it at all is kind of ridiculous. Uh, yeah. And it makes me wonder, you know, what if you did do the fast track? Would you automatically <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, would they would they say, oh, you know what? Actually, oh, we yeah. changed our mind oh, on this one. Go fund me for the Guinness. Yeah. No, I'm not going to ask my friends to do that. <laughs> and $1,500, that's a lot of races. So I'm not going to waste my money on Guinness. <laughs> yeah, that's better. That's money better spent elsewhere for sure. Oh, yes. Buy some costumes, pick some nice races to go to. <laughs> For sure. You went to Jackpot and looks like you had a great time out there. How did that race go? It was amazing. I've been trying to go to that one um, since like 2021. Um, it got either postponed or canceled due to COVID in 2021. So I finally was able to get back out there. Finally found a weekend. It didn't conflict with farm days. Um, it was great. I mean, but it was uh, ultra running royalty out there. I was just, I was starstruck. And I actually got a few people to sign my bibs just because like, you know, this has been awesome. And everybody was so super nice, so super down to earth. Uh, one of the gentlemen that I got to, you know, spend time with and, and run with a little bit was Wally Heseltine. And he hit the, at Tunnel Hill last year, he hit the American 80-year-old, no, yeah, 80 to 84-year-old world uh, American record for a 100 miler, didn't like 26 hours. I had met him at Farm Days a couple of years ago. And seen it at him at Tunnel Hill. And he's just fantastic. I mean, 80 years old. He's just amazing. And, you know, you had like Andrew Glaze. You had Ashley Paulson. And it was just like, wow. I was just like a starstruck there. It was so much fun. And like I said, everybody was so nice. You know who else was out there was the jester, Ed Eddinghouse. Yes, Ed, yes. Uh, I spent a lot of time talking with him. Yeah. He had his, oh my goodness, he had all of his buckles on this like metal ring carabiner system. Holy cow. You know, I think, I think I'm a little proud of my buckles, but oh my goodness. That was just so impressive. And he, of course, love him because he does costumes too. Yeah. And I don't know if he considers himself that a costume or just that's who he is, but super nice guy. And he really crushed it out there. And, you know, every time you run by, he's high-fiving, he's giving you the shaka. He's, you know, just a great guy and always, always moving out there. Just so super impressive. He is one of my favorite people in the sport. I mean, obviously you know, one of the main reasons would be just the fact that he wears the jester outfit all the time, <laughs> yes. which is awesome. And, and I'm sure you relate to that. Oh, um, definitely. <laughs> but but also just the fact that he's able to pull off so oh many races. I mean, he's just like you. And he has a ton of records. I actually wrote some of these down that I want to go through just because he's he's yeah. like my man crush of the of the ultra world. He is truly <laughs> one of my favorites. So listen to this. So at Jackpot, he set 
a world record 240th 100 mile or more finish, a world record 158th 100 mile or more podium finish, a world record 127th 100 miles or more first or second place finish, and a world record 53rd 100 miles or more second place finish. He finished the 48 hour um, with 185.931 miles. That is insane. Yeah, and he just, I mean, I love... You know, I'm I'm one of if I value a break, you know, take a 10, 15 minute break, put my feet up. That man did not stop all night long, or at least I didn't see it. He just kept on moving, you know, 48 hours straight. I actually stopped at 38 hours because um I knew I had these two races coming up this weekend and my body felt good, no blisters, nothing was hurting. So I said this is a good stopping point, you know, got my hundred and you know, he was just amazing. Just did not stop. Oh, I wish I would have known he, he was your man crush. Cause there was another friend of mine was admiring. He made a comment earlier about Andrew Glaze. So I had Andrew do like a little cameo, wishing oh. my buddy luck on his first 100. Oh, I wish I would have known that. Man, that would have been so Next cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm just waiting for the time that he comes over to the Carolinas to do a race so that I can have an excuse to get him on the podcast because he's definitely one of those guys who's like, top of the top for like he is yeah we favorite. were talking he normally does he's done Merrill's Mile down in Georgia and we were talking about that um with uh my friend Eric Brumbelow and we were he was like oh yeah I think I'm gonna come back and do that we're like oh yeah by the way they moved it to June for just this year because of the way the the, the July 4th break hits and so he's not gonna make it but yeah he's just he's amazing he's awesome he is so cool and um, yeah, I was looking at his Strava for jackpots <laughs> and well, it's funny with his training too, because it's similar to you. And I've heard him talk about this on podcasts also where like his training is just his races. Like, you know, yeah, he'll, that's it. Yeah. he'll jog like five miles one day a week or something like that. And other than that, it's just his races. It's basically just like yours, your training. Yeah, my training is basically my social life is, you know, I, I do like different social group runs from, you know, Monday night, we do How I Brewing, Tuesday night, it's Wilmington Brewing, Wednesday night, it's Waterman's Brewing, Thursday night, it's Pan Panacea Brewing. So it's more of a social life than it is training. Yeah. And then in terms of Ed's, um, his 48 hour, when I was looking through his Strava, you know, it tells you like moving time versus elapsed time oh, yeah. and his moving time. So his elapsed time was just under 48. Like he didn't stop like, you know, several hours before it was like 4750 something. And his moving time, I think it was like 45 something. So this dude out of not 48 yeah. hours stopped for like maybe two. And that's probably just like to go to the bathroom and to stop to, you know, change shoes or yeah. refuel on something. Just incredible. I love that guy so he much. He's amazing. He is so amazing. <laughs> he is. Now, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, you've been on a ton of different media appearances, be them podcasts or, <laughs> you know, Good Morning America, which is just insane. What are your thoughts on all the media attention you've received over the years? It's, you know, it's been the past couple months. It's really kind of exploded. And the, and the good thing is, is that I, I love getting attention, but I like getting attention because I like, you know, I want 
costuming to be the normal. I want people to, you know, think it's okay. They see me running in a costume, you know, they see me doing all these, you know, hundred milers in a costume, like, okay, well maybe I can wear a costume for a half mile, a uh, half marathon or a marathon. So, you know, it's not about, I love getting attention, but it's more about just kind of spreading the word about having fun at races. And, you know, you don't even have to wear a costume to have fun. Just, it's all about just showing people that even long distances can be fun and, you know, getting those people that just do marathons to like, okay, five more miles, you know, 50 case, only five more miles, go out and do that. So it's just kind of spreading the, the word about ultra running and how to have fun doing it. Have you ever heard from anybody who has run a race in costume because of you? I've had people, um, one of my, I've had people I've designed some costumes or helped people do some costume for races. One of my friends, she was one, running her 100th marathon and we were doing it in Burlington, Vermont. And so, you know, it was home of Ben and Jerry's. So I made these pints of Ben and Jerry's. The three of us had pint, we're pints of Ben and Jerry's. And I created each costume based on kind of that personality, you know, because every ice cream, you know, everybody's got their own flavor. So I came up with their, everybody's own flavor and kind of the design of that. And it had a lot of PVC involved. And after the race, my friend was like, yeah, no, no, no more PVC. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I get a lot of people that write me and like, Hey, I'm doing this race. You know, what, can I do a costume or what do you think would be a good costume or I can need a Halloween costume. What have you got? So, um, you know, it's, I love, you know, seeing people at cost at races. And the funny thing is that some races will have, you know, they'll announce a costume contest and people are like, Oh, Charlotte's going to be there. I'm not even going to try. I'm like, no, no, that's what, sometimes I get lazy and you're going to, you know, I'm, you, you would be shocked about, you know, times I've entered costume contests and not one just because, I get lazy, just don't have the greatest idea. And I love when somebody else has a fabulous idea. So do you know who Molly Seidel is? Yes. Do you in know Cali what Molly. she does in costume? Now what? She runs a local turkey trot every year dressed as a turkey. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and it's hilarious too, since she's, I mean, I assume most people listening know who Molly Seidel is, but if you don't, uh, Olympic bronze medalist uh, from the Tokyo Games in 2021 uh, in the marathon, and yeah, she runs uh, her local turkey trot in a uh, in, in a turkey costume, which is it's it's even more hilarious just seeing someone as fast as her. Like she's you know crushing five minute yeah. miles. Oh yeah, like costume. um. So my, if you've heard of Michael Wardian, yeah, of course, pretty fit. Yeah, so he does some costuming stuff. And I actually ran into him at a race a couple years ago and we kind of chatted and, and you know, we became Instagram friends and it's like, he's one of the first people to like my costume pic. So as soon as I posted, I was just like, oh my gosh, Michael Wardian just liked my pic again. And one time he wrote me because he was like, oh, I'm thinking about trying to get the record for this. I'm like, oh, just don't talk to me about Guinness. But, <laughs> but yeah, I love, and he's super fast. He's amazing yeah. fast and um, I think he was going through for the Forrest Gump record. And I think he missed it by like 26 seconds or something like that recently. Uh, but yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of famous people out there that they'll put on the costume too. Yeah, it's so cool. I love that that's not like beneath them, even for, you know, an Olympic medalist <laughs> and someone like Mike Wardian. It's so yeah. cool to see. Um, we have to talk about the Carolinas while you're here because you are a Carolina ultra runner. This is the Carolina Ultra Runners podcast. Yes. So what are some of your favorite races in the Carolinas? 
Well, uh, definitely Charleston 100. I am one of the three people that has done all six years. Oh. And, you know, that's it's that first year. If you hear stories of the first year, there was only uh, 19 of us started, nine of us finished. It was, you know, we talk about, you know, how your grandma talked about how she walked uphill in snow to class both ways. <laughs> that's how we talk about the original Charleston 100. It was insane. <laughs> uh, you know, pretty much running suicide lane on, not even suicide lane, but, you know, the side of Highway 17, no, no, you know, no shoulder, no pathway anyway. So, you know, that one's got my heartstrings. I've run it every single year. And now, um, you know, anything Noah Moore puts on, you know, I know you've had Noah, he was, I think your, your first guest and mm -hmm. anything he puts on, he, he'll, I'll, I'll sign up for it. <laughs> so, you know, I love that one. Um, in North Carolina, um, I love the uh, Wilmington Marathon. Again, I have to go back to my heartstrings. Uh, that's coming up this weekend as well. It's I've run it every single year. And the thing I love about it is the race director's a runner. And he's, you know, he looks at it from the runner's perspective and, you know, wants people to enjoy it, you know. So he's always looking for suggestions and is always open to, you know, what do the what's the runner's feedback? You know, how did you like this as a runner? So that one pulls at my heartstrings too. Did you do Blackbeard's Revenge 100 dressed as a pirate a few years ago? Yes, twice. Yes, I did it. Um, I kind of think I was supposed to do it 21 or 20 and it got canceled. No, 20. Yeah, I was supposed to do it in 2020, got canceled. So I did it in 21 and 22. Yes. What did you think of that race? I'm doing it in a few weeks here, so I'm I'm trying to get Good. as much um, intel as I can. Oh, oh well, um, it's great. Yeah, I would uh, have crew if you can. I think they, um, you know, the aid stations, you know, you get a little spoiled at some races. And, you know, when you're, you know, somebody's frying up bacon and quesadillas and all this, they don't quite have the capability because it's a point to point. That's a, mm. that's a struggle, what they struggle with. Point to point, you have people hit you once and that's it. So it's hard for them to have big setups for aid stations. So I've had crews both years and that was definitely beneficial for me. Uh, it's definitely scenic, but you really don't even see the ocean the whole time you're running by the ocean. You can hear it. And that poor uh, stretch of 12 on P Island. Oh my gosh. It's like desolate. There's nothing out there. The first year we did it, this massive thunderstorm rolled through and they literally shut down the course. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness we had crew who could pick us up, but otherwise they went through, went through and had to like pick up people off the course because the lightning storm was insane. I mean, like curling the hair on the back of your neck, insane. Wow. Um, so we had like a two hour delay because of it, but it's great. I, I definitely want to do that again. I did it two years in a row. So um, I definitely want to go back and do that again. It's, it's pretty fun. Cool. Um, okay. I think we want to wrap up here with our last thing here that we hinted at at the beginning of the podcast here, giving our <laughs> listeners a chance to win an ultra sign up gift card here. So, um, you are running the Cape Fear 24 hour in Lillington, North Carolina, and I'm so glad that you're running it because I'm running it too, and we Yay! will get to meet in person, <laughs> which is so cool. So that is coming up uh, October 12th plenty of time um and you do not have a costume picked out for the race so here's what we're gonna do so in the show notes of this episode we've linked a google form and in that form 
you can provide your best suggestion for a costume idea for Charlotte's Cape Fear 24 hours. So Charlotte and I are going to go through all the suggestions. Charlotte's going to pick her favorite. And if she picks yours, you win an ultra sign up gift card. You just have to put your name, email address so I can contact you. If you win, I swear I won't spam your inbox. I don't have a newsletter, any of that crap or whatever to give to you. Um, just need to get in touch with you if you win. So let's hear your best ideas for Charlotte's Cape Fear 24 hour costume. Hopefully we get some good suggestions, Charlotte. I'm hoping so. And I just, you know, again, remember, I need to like beam it to the area. Mm -hmm. uh, the first year I did it, I did um, from the movie Kate Fear with Robert De Niro. I did his Max Caddy costume or Max Caddy character. The next year I did alligator because in here in Wilmington, we have an alligator in, you know, we have alligators in the Kate Fear. And I can't remember what I did last year. <laughs> it's been a while, so... Is there anything else people might need to know about the race to kind of help them, you know, get the brain going in terms of some ideas? You know, keep in mind, I get so many people that suggest ideas. I'm like, keep in mind, I'm running like, you know, usually at that race about, you know, 100K. So let's make it somewhat simple. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> well, the good news is you're the one who gets to pick the winner oh, yeah. here. So you That's can true. Choose, you can choose the best one that fits in terms of comfort, in terms of theme, in terms of all that good stuff. So yes. it should be fun. So, um, yeah, make sure you fill out the form. And um, like I say, Charlotte will pick the best one and we'll get in touch with you, get you that ultra sign up gift card if you win. Um, Charlotte, this has been a blast. Thanks so much for joining me on the Carolina. It has Ultra been a blast. Podcast. And you know what? Before I go, um, I cannot be the only person who hasn't mentioned Chris Varnado. So, so. <laughs> We have to get it in. It's requirement every single episode. Chris needs a shout out. Oh, he's such an inspiration. Let me tell you, it's not as much. I love Chris, but his little girl, Raylan, oh my gosh, she just gets so excited when she sees me. She comes running up to me, gives me the biggest, biggest hug I've got in my little um my little drop bag, my little um kit, little gifts that she's given me. She's given me a she made me a friendship bracelet during Charleston 100 this year. She gave me a daffodil at Yeti 100 a couple years ago. Um, she gave me a feather at Farm Days one year. So I have all these in a special little pocket in my little ultra kit. So, um, you know, I love Chris, but I love his little daughter too, man. She's awesome. Uh, the whole Varnado crew is just so they awesome. They're amazing. I can't, <laughs> I love them to death. I think Braley gave my friend Brandon uh, like an American flag colored uh, uh, bandana uh, and he wears it on his wrist now for races now ever since she gave uh, it. She gives out good good luck. I tell you, I've been very lucky with all the things she, she's given me over the years. <laughs> Gift giving is clearly her love language. It's so yes. cool to see. Charlotte, thanks so much. Have a great rest of your evening. Thank you so much, Patrick. Bye-bye. <laughs>